Good morning. Greet you in Jesus' name this morning. Two is a privilege to be gathered together. Enjoyed the Sunday school hour. Revelation to me always seemed to be somewhat of a of a uh, fascination book. A lot of discussion. Um, a lot of heavy stuff. This morning, I'm going to probably take a little lighter road, and I want to look at a phrase that I've been pondering for some time. It's found in the Bible. I invite you to turn to Psalms chapter 19. The phrase that we find is, the heavens declare the glory of God. So as a springboard, I want to read Psalms 19. You can only imagine David sitting there with his sheep, looking to the heavens and realizing how great God is. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices at a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and a circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them, ha- let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength. And my Redeemer. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And that is going to be the thrust of this meditation this morning. Have you looked at the heavens lately? Have you looked to the sky? Have you been struck by the glory of God? I have been seeing pictures lately of the Aurora Borealis known as the Northern Lights. I have not seen them, but I see pictures of them. But I enjoy watching them when they come out and dance their rays of light at night. I remember as a little boy one time seeing them and actually being paranoid that I thought the end of the world was here. And it was a phenomenal sight of this orange streak that went across the whole sky and to me as a little boy I'm like I thought I probably heard some older people talking and 
as I remember, I think Sam Yoder was there, and he probably was getting uh, descriptive, and I probably heard some words, and they were the words that I heard, and I probably got paranoid. But anyway, those were the Northern Lights, and every once in a while, you do get to see them, and they're very beautiful. So what does the glory of God look like? The heavens are declaring it. These words are in their present tense. So it's constantly showing God's glory and proclaiming His creative work. It's constantly being displayed. What we see in nature is meant to continually show us that God exists and tells us how amazing He is and how amazing of a creator he was or is in Romans chapter 1 verse 20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse so if you're sitting here this morning you've seen some amazing things in the universe in the heavens in the skies you are without excuse knowing that God is behind it. Seeing these amazing things in the heavens, does it cause you to be in awe? Does it cause you to have reverence? Does it cause you to tremble? Does it cause shivers to run up and down your spine? First point I'd like to look at about the heavens declaring the glory of God, and that is His power. The heavens declare the glory of God's power. So, a question I'd like to ask is, do the clouds show the handiwork of God? Think back to the last storm we had that spun lots of tornadoes. It was fun watching as that cold front moved very fast across the plains pretty much wiping the whole 48 states from New Mexico all the way into Minnesota. There was lots of power in those clouds. The rotation, the wind, the strength, it truly was amazing. Now I need a volunteer. A strong young man. And I know they're not going to volunteer. Jared, would you come be my be my volunteer? <clears throat> I want to do a demonstration here this morning. The ushers thought I wasn't going to have enough water. But I'd like you to hold that. It's full of water. That's a gallon of water. I want you to hold it. You're strong. Hold it. Do you think you can hold that there for a, a little bit? Okay. You'll be all right. Now in Genesis chapter 1, let me know when you get tired. At creation, Genesis chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. I'll try to hurry. 
And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the water, and let it divide the water from the water. And God made the firmament and divided the water which were under the firmament from the water which was above the firmament. And it was so. So, we have creation. We have water being divided between land and water. And also there's this dividing between... Please hold it up. (laughs) All right. There's this dividing of the, the water in the sky and the water on the ground. So did you ever entertain the thought of what it was like before creation? This sphere of all this stuff. So we have water in two spheres. One on the ground and one in the sky. Have you ever calculated how much water it takes to water your one acre of corn? I want you to consider this. So we have one acre and we have one inch of rain, which is pretty common. And sometimes we get more, sometimes we get less, but one inch on an acre, you know what that would weigh and how many gallons that would be? It would be a total of 27,154 gallons, and that would weigh 113 tons. How's that pitcher feeling? Pretty heavy, isn't it? That's one gallon. You know what that weighs? 8.34. You're close. You may go sit down. Thank you. Now, that one acre got 27,154 gallons of water, and it weighed 113 tons. Now, can you imagine that weight that is sitting above us? And how big is God's hand at holding that up? Jared had a hard time holding this one gallon up. He did good. God's hand. That would be those gallons, if you truck drivers haven't already calculated it out, that would be four tanker loads. Just shy of four tanker loads. And that's just one inch. Sometimes we have rainfalls that bring three, four, five, ten, even some of the hurricanes were making twenty inch rainfalls. And you can just see the weight in those clouds. They're just hanging there and just rain coming down. The whole process of how God created that to work. The sun to warm up the water, to evaporate, to turn it to a gas. And as that gas rises, hits cool air, it condenses and forms clouds. How big is God's hand? Turn with me to Psalms 77. (coughs) Verses 17 through 19. Actually, I'm going to begin reading at verse 10. (coughs) Psalms 77, verse 10. And I said... This is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy works and talk of all thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God 
that dost wonder, wonders, thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. The waters saw thee, O God, and the waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out the water. The sky sent out the sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heavens, and the lightnings lighted the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path is in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou leadest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. God is in control, yet God cares for his people. In verse 20 there, leadest his people like a flock, like Moses and Aaron. Second point of the heavens declaring the glory of God, and that is, the heavens declare the glory of God, God's wisdom. Have you ever considered the wind and how it is, can't be seen, but it blows and you can feel it and you can see the evidence, you can see the effects of it, the damage of it? The wind at the equator and the wind at the poles, north and south, those prevailing winds blow from east to west. And the rest of the world experiences the wind blowing from the west to the east as a prevailing wind. So the equator, being the warmest, warms up that air and it rises, causes it to collide with cooler air, and we begin this big churning. Things are getting spread about. It's like a big engine at work, moving. Wind is an air in motion. It is produced by uneven heating of the Earth's surface by the sun. Since the Earth's surface is made up of various landmarks and water formations, it absorbs the sun's rays in different intensities, therefore causing variation in wind speeds and directions. There are five types of wind. There's the doldrums, known as the equator winds, then there's the tropical easterlies, known as the trade winds. Then there's the horse latitudes, and the prevailing westerlies, and then the polar easterlies. I found that interesting that there's those types of winds in the directions that they go. Another fascinating thing that I find interesting with weather is how a low-pressure system can create an enormous lift to take water and moisture and lift it up over land thousands of miles away to drop it as moisture precipitation in the form of rain or snow. So sometimes we talk about the Gulf moisture and that's moisture that was probably evaporated off the Gulf of Mexico out in the ocean and got an, an air stream and comes up and gives us plenty of moisture sometimes. Turn to Job chapter 36.
Job chapter 36, verses 26. I'm going to read through verse 33. Behold, God is great, and we know him not, neither can the number of his years be searched out. For he maketh small the drops of water, they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Also, can any understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? Behold, he spreadeth his light upon it and covereth the bottom of the sea. For by them judges he the people. He giveth meat in abundance. With the clouds he covereth the light and commandeth it not to shine. By the cloud he he cometh betwixt. The noise thereof showeth concerning it and the cattle also concerning the vapor. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop the dew. It's God's plan for weather for rain. The next point I'd like to look at, the heavens declaring God, God's goodness. Lately, it seems to have been cloudy. How many noticed the sunshine this morning? I was taking note of the weather for the last few days and I noticed that the weatherman was always saying sunny and, and whatever. It was the, the pictures would always dis- depict mostly sunny, mostly sunny, partly sunny. And I think for the last two or three days it's been cloudy until this morning. But, you know, that is normal for this time of year. The days are shorter. We are only getting... Between sunrise to sunset, we only get 8 hours and 58 minutes. Compare that to June 21st when we get 15 hours and 29 minutes of sun. Have you ever wished for sunshine and it would stay sunny all the time? I'm not encouraging or trying to encourage anyone to move to another location, but there are places that have lots of sun. And there are places that have lots of clouds. Now, I find this interesting that in Phoenix, Arizona, there are 211 days of sun and 85 days of partly sunny. That leaves 69 days of cloudy. And Yuma, Arizona, which would be south and west further, which would be closer to the Pacific, had a few more days of sunny. But you want to hear the next plug? Minneapolis is considered to have 198 days of sun. So we're not too far behind the southwest. But I want you to consider some of the cloudiest places. There's an isolated place called Cold Bay that's in the Alaskan Peninsula of the Lucian East Borough. And there they have a whopping 
304 days of overcast skies. That's almost all year. So if you think you have it bad, and it's cloudy most of the time, consider the folks that live at Cold Bay. There are a few other places that are considered cloudy as well. Mount Washington in New Hampshire, Astoria, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, Kalispell, Montana, and Erkins, West Virginia. Those are considered some of the cloudier places of the lower 48. Now whether you like sun or you like clouds, God created that way and it's in his control. You can't have one and not the other. We need them both. We need clouds to bring rain and we need sun to help things grow. Psalms 147. Verse 7. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises unto the harp unto our God. Who covereth the heavens with the clouds? Who prevaileth rain for the earth? Who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains? He giveth to the beasts his food and to the young ravens which cry. God cares for his creation. God made it that rain the sun bring forth fruit, food for the animals and to us as well. The next point I'd like to look at with the heavens declaring the glory of God and that is God's infinity. We're going to step into it deeper and look at the stars. This summer we had the privilege of taking a little excursion camped at Rice Lake State Park and we had the opportunity to look at some of the planets. We had a special presentation that night and some of the guys brought their big telescopes in and if I remember right I think we got to see three of the planets Saturn, Jupiter and is it Mercury or Venus? I don't remember. Venus? Very fascinating. Jupiter you could see the orange tint the gases Saturn you could see the rings I don't remember much about Venus just a bright star or planet but on a clear night when there's no moon you can step out and look at the stars I remember being out in North Dakota Bible camp and we spending I'm going to say hours but it seemed like hours laying on the ground and we just look at the stars and we we were looking at the stars but we were also playing a game of trying to find the satellites you could see these little white specks just zipping across the sky and it was our competition to try and see how many we could see but as I remember laying there the stars just stood out I mean they just were everywhere and the benefit or the the side benefit of that was there's not very many people out there so there's a lot less artificial light 
So therefore you can see a lot better. One inch equals one million miles. How, many, how far is the sun from the Earth? We have the sun located out here. That's one inch equals 93 million miles. Now, I want you to consider how far it is to the closest star. There are two main stars, Alpha Centauri A and Alpha Centauri B. They form up a bin binary pair, and they're an average of 4.3 billion or 4.3 light years from the Earth. And the third star is Proxima Centria, and it's about 4.2 light years from the Earth. And that is the closest star other than the Sun. So, if you do the math, at 4.2 light years away, and if you travel at 186,000 miles per second, that would be equivalent on that scale of 155 miles away. Now, make that in perspective, you would be from here to 15 miles east of Toma, Wisconsin, and for you lovely people from Iowa, that would be 30 miles south of Waterloo. That would be to the closest star. Job 22, verse 12. Is not God in the height of the heavens? And behold, the height of the stars. How high are they? If we can begin to wrap our head around these great distance, then we can begin to get a little idea of the infinity of God. It extends not only to the furthest reaches of the universe, but to the furthest reaches of time. God is not bound by space or time. On February 1, 2003, President George W. Bush solemnly peered into this TV camera and addressed the American people. My fellow Americans, this day has brought a terrible news and great sadness to our country. At 9 o'clock a.m. this morning, Mission Control in Houston lost contact with our space shuttle Columbia. A short time later, debris was seen falling from the sky above Texas. The Columbia is lost. There are no survivors. Traveling at 12,500 miles per hour, Columbia disintegrated as it attempted to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. The second great shuttle tragedy left the nation shaken but not deterred. The cause in which they died will continue, the President vowed. Mankind is led into the darkness beyond our world by inspiration of discovery and the longing to understand 
our journey into space will go on. Yet any human journey into space will penetrate only a tiny fraction of it. There are 100 billion stars in our galaxy, and the average distance between the stars is 30 trillion miles. How far is 30 trillion miles? Let's put it this way. When the space shuttle is in orbit, it travels at 17,000 miles an hour, almost 5 miles per second. If you could get in a space shuttle and speed through space at nearly 5 miles per second, it would take you 201,450 years to travel 30 trillion miles. In other words, if you had gotten into the space shuttle at the time of Christ and began traveling from our sun toward another star at the average distance away, you would only be one hundredth of the way there right now. God's infinity love is perhaps what led President Bush to quote Isaiah in his tribute to the Columbia crew. In the skies today we saw destruction and tragedy. Yet farther, yet farther than we can see, there is comfort and hope. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one, calls them each by name. Because of his great power and might, mighty strength, not one of them is missing. The same creator who named the stars also named, knows the names of the seven souls we mourn today. The crew of the shuttle Columbia did not return safely to earth, yet we can pray that all are safely home. The next point I will look at, the heavens declare the glory of God, and that is faithfulness. Look up to the heavens. See how day follows night, and night follows day. I remember taking a few flights across the ocean heading east, and we'd leave in the evening at dark, and we'd fly toward the east, and it'd end up being a very short night. That's why they call it jet lag. Your days and nights are mixed up, and it usually takes a little bit of time to get accustomed to that. But the cycle of day and night is something we can count on. It's, it's very accurate. It's, it's predictable. But what if it was unpredictable? What if we had, like we had weathermen, what if we had light men or dark men, and they would predict when it was going to be light or dark, and they'd be wrong most of the time? Think how confusing that would be? You may find that amusing, but God knows that we need the dark so we can get our rest. I know very well what it's like to run on a little rest. Sometimes it's you got to weigh the, the sacrifice. Is it worth it? More times than not, I hate the feeling that goes with it. You don't think clearly. And sometimes you even get sick after doing something like that. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 31. <clears throat> Verses 35 <clears throat> and 36. Jeremiah 31, 35. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of the moon and of the stars for a light by the night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. 
If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from from being a nation before me forever. Thinking of the day and the night, there's a story in the Bible, in Joshua chapter 10, probably very familiar, I remember being fascinated by it when I was little, and that was where Joshua was at war, and he commanded the sun to stand still. They needed to fight. They couldn't lose another day. And so Joshua commanded the sun to stand still. And what all took place in that is beyond my comprehension because did Joshua have any idea that at his command that 6.6 sextrillion tons of spinning gravel and water would come to a stop just to give Israel victory over the enemies? It's also... There's talk or writings, stories in ancient Chinese. Uh, The Ica Ica Indians in Peru and the Aztecs in Mexico have record of there being a long day. God holds the day and the night. And I had to think, what if all of a sudden we'd have Dave for another 24 hours? What would we do? Would we keep working? Get lots done? Six point and a half, the heavens declare the glory of God and His greatness. Have you ever looked at the vastness of the the dome that's above you? The, The blue, the sky the air, the vast. Have you ever tried to measure it? Look from west to east. Go out to Montana. That's known big sky country. If you want to see some sky, put a pitch in for Alice. One time, I don't think it was this summer, but last summer, I saw some thunderheads off to the east. And knowing that thunderheads can get fairly tall, it wondered me where they were. So I pulled up my phone, went to NOAA, the radar, and started looking for these thunderstorms. And I thought, yeah, they'll probably be in Wisconsin somewhere, or maybe Iowa, because they were down in that direction. I couldn't believe it, but it was clear all the way from here to Romeoville. It was specifically on the outskirts of Chicago at Romeoville and they were having a severe thunderstorm and I'm like that can't be I had to recheck was I actually seeing the tops of those thunderheads that were down at Chicago that's what the radar showed how far of an expanse how big is the sky so if you do a circumference of the earth at the equator It's 24,901 miles. And if you would take the heavens, where the airplanes fly, they fly at about 7 miles high, you would add 19 miles to your trip. It doesn't seem very big. 
passenger planes can't fly much higher than seven and a half because the air gets too thin. There is considered five layers that define the atmosphere above the Earth. We begin at the Earth's surface. We have the troposphere, stratosphere, the mesosphere, thermosphere, and the exosphere. Now if we go to the thermosphere, means the exosphere goes out to nowhere. The thermosphere, or the, yeah, the thermosphere ranges from 215 miles to 515, 215 miles to 500 miles above the Earth's surface. And that would make the circumference then of the Earth 27,945 miles. The dome of the air above us is amazing. Have you ever considered it? You would not be able to breathe if you didn't have it. Did you know I wouldn't be able to talk to you this morning if we didn't have it? My voice is making vibrations, moving air waves to you that you can ears. We talked about hearing in Sunday school that you can hear. We wouldn't be able to fly. Austin, we wouldn't be able to fly if we didn't have air, right? No. Nope. It wouldn't give us lift for the plane. And we'd be constantly getting bombed with space junk and rocks from out of nowhere. Our temperature would be extreme. We would be probably either really hot or really cold. Turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Verses 12. Isaiah 40, verse 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and melted out, meted, meted out heaven with a span, and comprehendeth the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in a scale, and the hills in a balance? Turn to Isaiah 48, verse 13. My hand also hath laid the foundations of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens when I call upon them. They stand up together. How big is God's hand? Back to Isaiah 40, verse 22. Is it he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof, are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a, as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. The heavens declare the glory of God. I hope this meditation has caused you to worship God, the Creator, who has made everything and holds everything in His hand. Sometimes I feel like I have more than I can handle, yet God is in control. And I can trust Him that He will always work it out. There is nothing too big for God, yet He cares about the small little details of our lives. Thinking of the heavens declaring the glory of God as we go into this Christmas season, thinking of them, time when God sent His Son into the world and a star led the wise men to Jesus, 
closing, I'd like to read Psalms 103. Verses 11 through 22. For the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as a grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercies of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in heaven, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, and to do his commandments. Hearken unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of, of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And finally, Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angels to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star.